Good evening, goofs. Goof evening. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I come to you with another speech, prepared over candlelit dinners with myself, eating spam and toothpaste. Nothing more, nothing less. This is a fine opportunity to practice my skills in public speaking and confess the lies and endless lists of my sins in my past life. Tonight I'm going to finally silence the critics and give some background into who I am and what I am, what I used to be and what I am destined to never be. Born in Ashburton in 1955 to a couple of, well, boring suburban people, my parents gave me an okay education. I grew up in an okay Melbourne. Things just cruised along, in modern, in, as the modern children say, modern toddlers, kinder, forward, fast forward to school, fast forward to hanging out with other humans and just doing stuff. As soon as it became 1980 in Australia, this land, I knew that I was in for a, should I say, blistering surprise. The tides had turned and the pathetic desert island had somehow turned into a majestic golden pasture where 1970s drovers were now sexy and sculling a can of Foster's was more lucrative than making 30k a year. So I heard a wave of amazing Australian rock came into maturity. Gold Coast Crawls, The Monos, Models Inc and Molten Hot Chisel. It was exciting, visceral and even scary. And uh, just let me have a top up here. Not bad coffee here. The urn over on the table there. Free, freely available. Straight from the honey pot. Uh, where was I? Um, malt hot, molten hot chisel. Maybe, um, well not before your time, but maybe after your time. It was an exciting, visceral and even scary. Times were changing. We'd escaped a period of oh, absolute madness in the 70s with hippies whinging about everything, on and on, and shakes bumping up the price of petrol to the price of a slab of ringwood bitter. Up and up. Everything seemed, <clears throat> beg your pardon, everything seemed triumphant with the victory of America's Cup, Males at Work, and Paul Hogan in Bunyip River. <laughs> Well, at least I think that's what it was called to the Seppos. <laughs> so in the, in the 80s, or the 1980s, if you prefer, in Australia, we became embroiled in a magical era. Crocodile Mountain, Terra Australis, Peasants at Work, and Johnny Hodogs Farnham as our international ambassador. By the mid 80s, we were rocking. And so was I. I'd graduated with a business admin diploma from Swinburne <coughs> University, or at that time, Swinburne Technical College of Technical and 
further education and was working as a clerk in various government departments. Oh, we all had money. We were rocking the suburbs and an atmosphere of flaming Australian magic, to put it frankly, was taking hold of the nation. When the bicentenary came, and we're talking about the year 1988 then, of course, it was like cultural volcano of pride, power and optimism. We'd won the America's Cup, produced Crocodile Dandenong, and managed to live for 200 years, long as a turtle or a tortoise, without UN accusations of war crimes. So, like a deep burp, 1988 hit hard, and it was like 16 million Aussies had snorted a ton of Escobar's whiz fizz. If you don't know what that is, look it up in the Encyclopedia Britannica. As we catapulted into a time of maximum excess, Ocker pseudonyms, Alan Bond chained egos, and cash-fueled face-growing, greasy-mulleted, silk-suited, winning, punching, muscle machines. I was one that was capitalising from the 80s mining boom, like a microscopic Alan Bond snorting Peter Paradox's finest northern New South Wales orange-based bikey demon dandruff. Don't ask. <laughs> it's better if you don't know. Just keep in the ignorant darkness about that one. What you don't know won't hurt you, and any wisdom that I might impart onto you here just might sear into your brain like a knife into hot marge. I just scored a lucrative job in the Montalbert-based manufacturing giant H.E. Broad. As an accounts manager, I was living the high life, living as a city man in Kew, visiting Kew Junction and skinny dog whenever the mood took me. I'd pretty much check out amazing bars in the city, here and there, cruising into Mont Albert in my Datsun 180B to work as an up-and-coming business executive. You could pretty much say, and excuse me while I have a sip of my coffee, that all doors were open. Things were looking up. I'd listened to John Farnham Paul and Oates and Prince in the office as I imagined a life of success, excess and glory. Riding in an RX-7 at 3am as I snorted coke, shot M16s and won everything I could. Living life and spitting out losers at every turn. Things seemed like they were winning. Until a series of events known as the tragic 90s shot everything down in their tracks like a Challenger disaster. The first tragic disaster was the most inconspicuous in a way. The selfish East Germans decided to end their run of grey-clad boringness by ripping down their brick wall, which unleashed havoc on the cash-fueled capitalist system known in the West. This changed the stability of the Western powers impacting the optimistic heroes like yours truly. As the filthy red eagle bastards flooded into Freedomville, Australia's economy and hope started to spiral down like an episode of Don Lane singing at his own funeral. Picture that. Thanks Bob 
Bobby Kennedy Hawk. The release of the Skyhooks song, Jukebox in Siberia. That song gave me shudders down my spine, like a drowning piglet being flushed down a, a drain pipe, deep, deep into the sewer, deep underground into the boiling core of the earth. A few other things which destroyed the decade of decadent, sweaty, winning include a few other less significant but noteworthy events. And here I itemise them in bullet point. Newcastle earthquake. Well, <laughs> I felt those tremors while I was doing burnouts in the underground car park of Box Hill Plaza in my RX3. Alan Bond Corporation going into receivership. His presence, ambition, ate his blood pumping fury, won us the America's Cup. He catapulted us into glory. Men at work were drunk at home and Bob Hawke's supremacy fused together to make a magical combination of Perth building, cash making magic. Joan Kerner packed on a horrifying 15 kilos all at the expense of the Australian public. Simply traumatising. Each kilogram of body weight paid for with a pound of flesh by the working man. Leisureland Fair killed 16 people. Innocent, law-abiding citizens. Taxpayers, no less. In another horrifying ride to hell. Gone wrong incident. Three years later, they were closed. In the snap of a finger or the blink of an eye or the flash of a lightning bolt straight into the TV antenna of a proper traditional nuclear family. <laughs> Buzz, <laughs> Buzz Burn taped over my copy of Red Faces where I went on to sing Kill Me Simple Simon. I was gonged off by a heroinized animal and I won't say who, but I'm sure any of you with your faculties still about you can have a pretty 100% spot on accurate homing missile accuracy guess at who that was. Um, Guru Josh made his tragic and formidable track 1990. That mullet wielding Norman with the nose of a gall spread false optimism and laziness all over the nation. Seriously disastrous, bad medicine, tram disputes. I had to walk up to five minutes walk to the skinny dog. Simply exhausting. My hammies were killing me. My calves ached as though I'd been in a 100 meter dash in a very high stakes competition, athletic meet. What was this nation coming to? Were we gonna end up like the movie Malcolm? Split down the middle like that pathetic little vehicle that the man was driving, just to go around other vehicles, perhaps. John Farnham's glorious reign comes to an end. His mullet-fueled trench coat led the desert island at the 1988 or 88 World Expo into a new level of majesty. He was Australian of the year, and we were destined for glory. By 1990, he was selling cocaine to disc jockeys and getting into brawls in Potts Point over stolen pot. You see where I'm going with this? You're starting to pick up on it? Are you getting it? 
Fastburn told me he'd given birth to a creature called Jankel. Later I realised he was watching Ghoulies 4 and done a Teflon coated sausage in the back toilet, thinking he'd given birth to an alien. What a loser. And again, what a tragedy. Tragedy upon tragedy. And the last moment's too terrifying to tell you of in detail. I'll probably need a week to prepare, to be honest. I could tell you now, but it was a horrifying set of circumstances. And I thought, I thought it couldn't get any worse. I thought I would head to where I thought the world was at. But now I see things differently. In 1989, I made plans to go that night or the following night to America. And if you want to hear more about it, if you're wondering if I did go, see you next week and we'll talk it over. But in the meantime, I, I do humbly, and I don't mean that just as a phrase, I mean it as a, a real killer kind of pinpoint. Thanks to all of you who've listened, to everyone else who's fallen asleep, and that's probably it. Uh, so get bent, rat feces. Good night, and I'll hope you die in your sleep. Sir Reginald, the never ending wardrobe. Sir Reginald, uh, it is Monday at 15 past three. Uh, just giving you a call, your good friend and stinky housemate. It's just shown up on our Forest Hill records. Apparently he's getting money under his new alias MC Fuzzy Wuzza, Fuzzy Wuzza, the, the day tripper. Give me a call. Oh, g'day, mate. I've just come back from Box Hill Community Arts Centre doing that course. They wanted me to to sort of help myself esteem. It's, anyway, it's all sort of trying to hardy, party stuff and, um, yeah, they want me to do a sculpture. I don't know what to do, mate sculpture expressing my feelings I have no idea no idea at all I have no idea mate I'm making a sculpture uh, so that, I was watching the news about politics um, I was uh, meant to make it out of wax so it's a found object uh, sculpture I cut out images of world leaders uh, I've used my earwax to put it together it's I call it Mollusk Mountain uh, I, I think it's pretty good can you uh, have a look mate before I submit it Alright, thanks pal. See ya.